0: He's the CMO and Demand Generation Practice Leader at Sales Performance International. We sell high-value solutions with a long sales cycle, and there are many influencers involved. His team wanted to drive more revenue from their target accounts, but they needed a breakthrough. Well, we really had to look at dozens and dozens of providers, and when we did that, when we did our research, we ultimately decided that Engagio was right for us. Engagio's account-based marketing and sales platform enables teams to measure account engagement, and orchestrate human connections at scale. Opportunities in our target accounts are up 25% and Pipeline is up 30%. It's made them a lot more productive. They really now have a platform that allows multi-channel multiplayer outreach to manage these complex relations in very large accounts. Marketing now has outstanding visibility into the most engaged accounts and they really know where to focus their efforts much better. Head over to engage.io.com forward slash accelerate to download their clear and complete guide to account-based sales development today. That's Engageo.com forward slash accelerate. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. I am really looking forward to talking with my guest today. Joining me is Sean Burke. He's the CEO of Kite Desk. Sean, you've been on the show before. Welcome to Accel- Welcome back to Accelerate.
1: Thank you, Andy. It's great to be back.
0: So, in case people hadn't heard your previous episode, I may just take a minute, introduce yourself. Uh, a little bit about yourself beyond the fact you're CEO of Kite dusk
1: Sure. Well, I am a lifelong sales practitioner. All the way back to the young age of 12, I was working with my mother going um, into people's homes at the age of 12 and watching her sell burglar alarms. So I got, I think I'm maybe one of the earliest salespeople um, <laughs> on the cast so far. But um, And I think I mentioned this in our last one, but my mother said, look, I'm there's not many things in the world that I can train you. Know, I'm not college educated, or um, you know, we've kind of like made our own way on it. Mm-hmm. But I, I, hope I can teach you how to make money. So at a very young age, I got involved in sales, and I never look back. So uh, um, this is my ninth early stage venture, always in either a revenue generation type of a role in a leadership position. Usually, always on sales and the marketing side, both, never just one or the other. And then uh, CEO or president of quite a few of them, so um, I just can't stop wanting to start businesses and build things. So that's that's kind of my past.
0: Excellent, excellent. Okay, so big question to start with here is, and this will lead into our conversation. In your mind, what's the single biggest challenge for sales reps today?
1: Yeah, I think what I see is they're really struggling to figure out what's going on inside the buyer's walls. Like there's so many conversations that happen. There's so many more people that involved in decision. There's there's so many ways that a deal can go south that they're really trying to figure out what's happening in there. And it's very easy to lose control of a sale. And what, one of the common things that I hear is it's just gone dark. They're just gone. And I think for anybody who's in sales that it's trying to follow the right journey and trying to get people to, um, to progress the sale, as long as you know there's a fit and you're, you're trying to move through that process, I think that's very hard to, to grapple with because it's it's almost like um, a dating process where you're going out on all these dates and you think that things are going great and then all of a sudden they stop returning your calls. You're like, what did I do? Did I have like broccoli in my teeth? Like, and I think that's really hard for salespeople to to figure out because in a lot of cases you can never get those um, prospects back, and mm-hmm. that un- that unknown um, just gone silent is a, a big challenge that we see. Not only with um, our own sales team but also clients that uh, that we work with well
0: and I think that it really in my mind in most cases when there's suddenly radio silence develops or to you know the <laughs> the client starts uh, the equivalent of ghosting you uh, is is really boils back down to qualification and discovery is <laughs> that there's some crucial bit of information that uh, you didn't collect you didn't gather during that process that might have helped you decide, okay, maybe I wasn't going to invest in this company the amount of time I did, because, yeah, there was no path forward to actual getting to a decision.
1: Yeah, that's definitely a piece of it. Um, But because I'm so deeply involved in, in a lot of the sales, not only that we do, but even our clients, there is such a large range of things that happen that can cause a deal to go south. Like, one of the things that we're seeing a lot more is just key stakeholders being gone. You know, the person who was managing the process midway in the process, early in the process or even literally we've had someone who signed the deal, closed the deal, became a client and within days moved to another company. And you know, there's there is a lot of movement within uh, organizations as well and keeping track of all that it's very hard because you don't end up finding out about it until you know they're already at the other, their other, the other place, and their LinkedIn profile is updated. So that's just one example of things that that we see. And then the other thing that we're trying to figure out a little bit better uh, in advance is, you know, identifying those landmines that could happen as part of the sale that you can get out ahead of and kind of preemptively plan. Uh, an adjustment that needed to make on the fly, like, you know, budgets are coming up, or, you know, we're releasing this product, or, hey, we have all these other projects. So, um, qualification is definitely a really important part of it. But, um, man, there's just a lot of things that uh, just surprises that happen <laughs> now that, I, I, you know, I've been selling for a long time that I didn't necessarily see, you know, back in the 90s and in uh, that time frame.
0: Well, I think that, yeah, the technology... Changes in gender, changes in—I wouldn't say—well, behavior. We'll say not necessarily in, in you know people and the way they make decisions, but certain behavior changes certainly come about. Yeah, absolutely, I think because of that. Um, well, I wanted to talk since some time talking about note N O T E, and that's really it's an acronym that you've developed for a a new sort of discovery and qualification methodology. Because you've been pretty blunt about the fact that you think BANT is. Uh, irrelevant these days, by and large.
1: Yeah, I think that's a pretty easy thing to say. Um, I, I'm not the first person to say no. it. And I'm sure there's a lot of people to say it. I mean, it was obviously developed back in the '60s by IBM, and for a lot of companies, it's fine, especially for large companies. You know, if you're IBM you can qualify in a lot of different ways because you've just got that moniker of a big name. You know, Kite Desk does not have that moniker. You know, we're we're growing very quickly and we're a technology company, but um, you know, we can't say that nobody got fired for not buying Kite desk yet. So, um, I don't know. Don't so, sell
0: yourself short. You don't yeah, know that.
1: Yeah, Not yet. Not yet. Um, soon to be, but, um, but uh, so for us, what we really have been working extremely hard on with uh, internally is how, and, and we t- you talk about this a lot on your, your podcast, is how you add value. And when I looked to create our new sales playbook, I did a ton of research on different ways you can qualify uh, potential clients that you would work with. And they were all focused on the seller's needs. And no buyer wants to go through your qualifying them. I really feel like if we do our job right, our job is to help them qualify themselves for Kite Desk, mm-hmm. and so that's what really Note came from. Um, and you know, I, should, I
0: should mention Note is stands for Need Opportunity Team and Effect. Bant for people don't know Bant Budget Authority Need Timeframe. So, people understand the components, and we'll get to the components. But go ahead.
1: Sure. Yeah. We. I'll save the discussion of the components for a little bit. But the the reason why we I came up with Note is that we were trying to find a way to make the discovery process um, first of all extremely valuable. That was one criteria. Number two,
0: very, valuable to both parties, buyer and cor- seller. Right.
1: Yep. Yeah. The, the main value we were trying to, to uh, focus on is actually the buyer. Let, let's start always with the buyer in mind and then make sure that our needs um, are secondary if, if, if necessary at all. Because what I have found is if you are genuinely interested in helping people solve problems – then everything kind of works out after that. If you start, if that's your tip of the spear, then everything else works out. But if you start with "what's in it for me," uh, people get it. They know it. They can feel it. Uh, you know, how many people have been called at the end of every quarter saying, "You know, let's uh, let's wrap up this deal because I need to hit my numbers." Right? I mean, it's it's very well known. So that was number one that we really wanted to focus on: is let's let's serve the buyer as much as we can. Number two, uh, and I actually I think. You know this, but I got this from you, it is that we want to be extremely responsive and efficient with our time mm-hmm. with buyers, like be extremely respectful of our time. And so for me, a discovery process needs to be generating value, but also be very efficient in it. So when we do the note, the need part of it, we actually started at five minutes to do need. Now it's almost down to less than a minute um, because we know Almost inherently, what the need is for people to come in. It, it, you know, for us, it's they need more meetings, they need more pipeline. Maybe they need more leads, but um, that's just kind of a a stepping stone to get more pipeline or t- more meetings. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we just we just tell them that. Like you know, typically people come to kite desk for they want more pipeline or they want more meetings, which are both correlated. You know. Is that something that that you guys are looking for? And you know they have a discussion on it. And we try to do it, and and that's really it. If if they don't have that need, then there's really nowhere for us to go. And if we can't find anything in that, we we move on. So it's super efficient to do it. The third piece is I know salespeople really well, uh, me being one of them. I still sell. Is that you can't have an acronym that they can't remember, <laughs> right?
0: So, <laughs> you know, um, well, and,
1: and I've seen some out there that are.
0: Oh yeah, you, I mean that's like. Uh... Oh, you had one. You talk about GPCT. It's like, what the heck is that?
1: Yeah, I think that's HubSpot's, and 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 they're really good at. That's actually one of the best that I've seen out there. It just, I know salespeople that that would be hard for them to remember what that meant because it's not something that they normally would say. And I even want to take it farther than something like ban, because ban isn't a word that I use all the time. So if you think about it, when you're talking to someone you're taking notes. And so I'm like, okay, how do we come up with a qualification that's buyer-focused, that a salesperson will easily remember, and is something that's kind of natural part of the process. So when I found the themes that we wanted to focus on, I just tried to figure out what letters spelled something that would would match what they would be doing at the time. And I'm just really fortunate that we came up with note because it makes so much sense. Like all you, I mean, literally, you can just write up there, like Andy Paul notes, and you just follow it down the the, the steps. Like if you put it on a, you know, vertically, you could just just put your notes right next to notes. So it became p- completely obvious to me that this is the way to go. And um, okay, so that's, that's how we came up with it.
0: Excellent. Well, let's let's jump into breaking yeah. it down by by need, opportunity, team, and effect. So I really like what you did about talked about in terms of need because. happen to be a big believer in this approach, is is when you're talking about need, you're not talking about a a qualifying or doing discovery around a general need. You're talking about specifically what you're selling.
1: It is, and um, it's all about an outcome. Uh, Anthony Inarino's new book talked about it, and I'm not going to quote this correctly, but he basically said, if you're in sales, you're focused on, and he has a space in there, and he said, if your answer is in outcomes, then you're lying to yourself or you're not doing a good job of it. And so we wanted to lead with the outcomes, because so many people talk about features and benefits, and and so what? Like I get it, like that's important, and it needs to work, and your team needs to love it, but the fact is, if we're going to do this, you're going to spend the money, you're going to do all these resources, what results are we going to get out of it? And if there is no need there, if there is nothing that... If there's no a result that you have to drive drive to, the rest of it doesn't even matter. I mean, this is where this is another reason why deals would go dark, like we talked about. Is they're going to figure it out later in the process, and you're just going to spend a bunch of your or spend a bunch of your time getting to that point where it's, if you can address it right up front, you can save them and yourselves a lot of time just by uncovering there's no need here. And I'll tell you, it's salespeople have a really hard time saying, you know what, there's no good fit here, because um, that, that's just naturally not what they want to do. They always want to try to find a sale. But once they do that, it's amazing how the conversation changes and the, the client says, well, wait a minute, there's got to be a need. We have problems here. you know." And sometimes just the the act of saying we don't see a need here gets them thinking deeper about their business, which is great value. It is unbelievable value. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they almost sell themselves on the need within their organization because they're just so unused to salespeople saying no, I don't see a fit.
0: Well, but wow. I think one of the critical things though too is that there's not necessarily the same path. You can have the same outcome but there could be four paths to that outcome, You know, depending on Let's take your field. I mean, there's there's companies that you have competitors, just like everybody else has competitors. Sure. But you have a specific way of achieving the outcome. To me, that really defines, help defines what the customer need is. And and I I what I took what you had written to say, which again I'm a huge believer in, is that yeah, there's you know they may be qualified for me if they're really qualified for me, they're probably not qualified for competitor A and B because they do things differently to get to this outcome and that matters yeah. and it matters to the customer.
1: It does. It really does matter to them and and some of the need is actually philosophical. I I know that's a little that's <laughs> well, no,
0: that's perfectly valid.
1: It is. And we believe in that. Like we love to find clients that believe what we believe and um you know when you look at uh, the works on you know find your why by Simon Sinek it's uh, mm-hmm. Uh, We really believe in it, and like we were very upfront and talking about those kind of things. And I'll tell you, it's great when you can find that that connection between the two. So um, you're right; it's uh, even though other companies do similar things to to what we do, they don't do it in the same way, and they may solve a different need than what our clients uh, use us for.
0: Yeah. Okay, so that's the end. So the O is opportunity, and so you're saying it's not enough to have a need. Is there? Needs to be a. I think you actually use the term a pressing requirement.
1: Yeah, it it actually flows very na- naturally. So the way the conversation goes is, okay, um, Mr. and Mrs. Customer, you know we've under- understand that, that there is a need that exists, but let's dig it a little bit deeper and let's let's see if that need is so um, so important to solve. That we have to do something about it. Is it a big enough scope to to put the resources and the time and energy and money to attacking? And so we do a quick, almost little ROI um, or a little scoping mechanism um, that takes just a few minutes and see if the scope's big enough. So you know, typically for us, our you know our clients are looking for either more pipeline or more meetings, and within a few questions, we can determine a dollar amount of the new meetings that they would create based on their average contract value, things like that, or if they have a current baseline a pipeline where they want their pipeline to be. And then we just look at that number and just say and ask the question is is that is that a big enough problem to solve given the scope of what we're going to have to do to solve it. And in most all cases it is, but in some cases they're like, "You know what? I did not even think about that." yeah, we could spend all this time, you know, getting up the speed on this, getting trained, doing all this other stuff. But if we're only going to move the needle that much, no, nah, I don't think it's worth it. So I think that's another just way. And then and every point in note, just so you know, you can disqualify out both, both sides. Like it's one of those things that it, it becomes very natural to have this conversation and the 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 prospect or the client themselves in a lot of ways, we either keep buying in themselves or qualifying themselves for Kite Desk, or qualifying themselves out. So, yeah. That's, well, and I think that's, it's, what,
0: and it's really an interesting point. Is, is, and I love the question the way you frame that. Is, is this a big enough problem, to warrant solving? Because, correct. yeah, there's lots of lots of companies, lots of salespeople. It's like, yeah, there's a problem. Yeah, they want to solve it, but they don't sort of, you know, connect the ends there to say, okay, or connect the dots to say, okay, well yeah, is that we're solving with the level of investment and commitment they have to make to resources with us? Uh, And will that investment generate the outcomes they need in order to justify that? You don't see people taking that next step. They always want to say, look, I just want to get them sort of get my hooks into them, and then we'll take care of that conversation later down the road. Well, you take care of it later down the road. How much additional time have you invested in someone that's not going to buy from you? Yeah, I mean, So so don't defer it.
1: That's right. Yeah. Take the medicine early. I mean, this, I got to admit, I got a lot of this stuff from you is like, you know, be very (laughs) respectful of time because it, no, it just makes sense. Like is is someone who's very busy and you have a lot of things going, I mean, one of the best things you could do as a salesperson is respect the buyer's time. And even if they don't buy from you, you, you disqualify yourselves out. I've literally had Last week I had someone say, hey, look, Kite Desk isn't the right fit for me, but here's Joe. And the reason why I'm introducing you to Joe is you guys did such a great job in just working with me in the early phases that I know you're going to do a good job for Joe. So people will remember that and they'll remember that you cared enough to be respectful of their time that that may pay dividends for months and years to come um, because you've done the right thing.
0: Oh, doing the right thing always pays back. I mean, it's Maybe at one level, it's the reward's just psychic, but yeah, I can't even begin to recall the number of times where I've had companies that ended up not being customers recommend other companies to me because they just appreciated the way I sold to them. Or in some cases, refused to sell to them. Right. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so T is for team. So, you know, basically it takes a village. So you need multiple stakeholders with a sense of of urgency really to to make something happen. I mean, explain how you describe the team and how you use it.
1: Sure. So this actually is a side note. (laughs) This actually helps them qualify the opportunity again. So when we look at the scope like we did in O, once you start putting the team members to it, they do a checkbox in their head to say, Oh, wait a minute, all these people are going to be involved. Let me go back to that number. Is that number you know what I mean? They're, they're doing it. So, you're talking about
0: the buyer is saying, the the buyers, right.
1: yeah, the buyer is saying, When you start talking about team, they're starting to think about the resources deeper about what they have to do to make this thing happen. And in their head, by the end of the time with team, they're almost asking themselves a the question, okay, so we've got this list of people uh, and, and let's just step back. So team really, you're not necessarily trying to uncover all the buyers. What what the question's about is who is impacted by trying to attain this goal or this opportunity? So if in order for us to hit, let's just say your goal is $600,000 in new pipeline. Who has to be involved with driving that effort? Is it your account executives? Is it your VP of sales? Is it your sales operations person? Is it somebody in training? Um, you know, There's contractual pieces of that, but like really this is the team that has to go after that opportunity to make sure that it gets done. And so that's what we're really trying to build. And so there's actually two ways you can look at this, and I think people are calling... Um, these roles above the line and below the line. I don't know if you've heard that Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. conversation. So this is kind of all the people that are below the line. Who are the people that have to work to get this job done? And then once you have them defined, then you say, okay, great. We've got all the people that need to work to get this done. That's the resources. Now, what's the team involved in getting to a yes? Because then what you have to do is then take that, that, that group of people, document who they are, and then compare that to the opportunity because there's political capital anybody's making to try to get a sale done. And so it's another test for them to say, if we're going after $600,000, and if we look at like the CEB's research, I, I know you had Brent mm-hmm. um, Addison on just recently. Mm-hmm. They went from 5.4 buyers in a B2B sale 6. now 6. to 6.8. 8. Yeah. So now you got to think about, we, and we actually did this exercise yesterday in our revenue meeting to buy kite desk within our company. Could be
0: up to six people, and if you you were we're making the decision to buy your own product, yeah.
1: yeah. And we're only like we're less than forty people, right? So that's that's like a huge percentage of our organization that has to that has to go through that. So it's just another way for them to see is this worth biting off, and it gets really interesting in that discussion um, at that point because a lot of people will they, they may take pause and just say you know let me think about this a little bit. And let me get back to you on that, because I, I want to see if, if I have the guts or if, if this is a big enough thing, that I'm going to go tap all those people to get this thing done.
0: Well, and on the sort of parallel to that is also the, the buyers thinking, oh, yeah, none of the other vendors I'm talking to brought this up. So, you know, kudos to Kite Desk or whatever the seller is that's using the note method. Yeah, no one else really surfaces this early. And that's really, really vital. I mean, that that's so much credibility and trust gets built up and political capital, as you talked about, by having that that open discussion that early.
1: That, that's the aim. A, a lot of people who would use note incorrectly would think that it's just a way to uncover the own person's authority or who the buyers are. That's not the intent of it. It, it could be used for that later, but really it's to get the buyer to start thinking about Wow, what do we really have to do to make this a reality? And are we going to be able to get this thing done? Yeah. Like, should should I even go down this path? And if you if you do it correctly, they'll be appreciative that you did it versus defensive about you trying to contact all the people that are involved in the buying cycle. It just flips that conversation Mm -hmm. completely um, on its head and gets them thinking, like, wow, this, this person really is thinking about me as a part of this process.
0: Right. Okay, so let's talk about the E then, which is effect. So, it's I mean, the way I sort of put it as I was thinking about this is you're really talking about, okay, what's, use the term economists use, the experienced value. What's going to be the experienced value for the buyer of using your product or service?
1: Yes, this is the hardest part of the process. Because some people get it confused with opportunity right so let's just let's just keep this thought process going. If we have a $600,000 opportunity uh, to generate new pipeline, that doesn't happen day one. So what effect does is okay, here's where we're at today. let's just say we're at um, three million dollars in pipeline. Let's lay out how we're going to, work together to achieve that additional $600,000 effect, because it isn't going to be overnight. Mm-hmm. And so that really gets them thinking about, okay, Joe has to do this. Susie has to do this. We have to have this in place. We have to have sales ops do this. It really gets them constructing the solution. And and I'll tell you this, most companies um then art and technology may struggle with using Note to its full extent because the way that we the way that we look at Note is whatever we agree to in the effect area, our customer success people will be measured on that. So if the goal of their company is to get six hundred thousand dollars of revenue, the goal of our customer success team is to get six hundred thousand dollars of revenue, and we have the analytics to track it. Mm-hmm. So, not all companies are going to be able to do that, but I think they can do it manually. Or I think the inside the client, they're going to know if, if we together delivered or not. And, and it's just the thought process they go to about trying to walk through the process to get the results that's the most important thing. And so, that's really what effect is about is
0: well, it's envisioning, at, it's envisioning the outcome.
1: Correct. That's and exactly
0: that's right. For, for the buyer. That's why yeah. I said I said the term yeah. economists use is experienced value, right? So yeah. buyers, what's the experience value we got from buying this product? In your case, as you said, you've got a tool that makes people makes it very simple for people to understand that. But I, I don't, you know, I don't think it's that hard otherwise because the buyers oftentimes aren't aren't doing it down to the nickel, right? I mean, they're down to the you know the, the level of detail that you provide it. At that level, it's, it's uh, the sales cycle that you're at. It's sort of an estimation. But it has to be pretty clear and obvious to them.
1: It is. It it does. And they'll there'll be there'll be things that are uncovered in that process that will make them think through the hard work that they may have to do mm-hmm. in order to achieve it. Because it's never just one side. Like you just right. can't plug anything into a business and just that I know of that just Is on um, cruise control. There's work that has to be done, and it helps them think through what they have to do on their end to achieve that that um, economic deliverable.
0: Yeah. Well, excellent. Well, Sean, it's been great talking to you again on Accelerate. So, tell folks how they can find out more about uh, Kite Desk or connect with you.
1: Sure. So, you can go to our website at kitedesk.com. We actually have. Uh, we've started to release, by the time this airs, all of our Note uh, blog posts will be out there, I would assume. Mm-hmm. And so you can see, we I actually have done five posts on this. The first is just a general overview of Note, and then we've dissected Note into each of the four pieces. And then we'll be pulling that together with some graphics and some analysis for an ebook. And so if you're really interested in, in Note, you can check that out on our website. And then... Um, You know, if you go to our website, just go to the management team uh, area and all my contact information there, my Twitter address and LinkedIn um, is all listed onto the website.
0: Perfect. Great. Urge people to do that. Sean, thank you very much for being on the show again. And remember, friends, make it a part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success. And easy way to do that, take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, accelerate. That way you won't miss any of my conversations with top business experts like my guest today, Sean Burke, who shared his expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business. So thanks for joining me, and until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guest, visit my website at andypaul.com.